are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We've got some pregnancies in Bachelor Nation. We've got a Love is Blind update for you, something that I'm totally confused about for a guy who hasn't even really watched the show. We've got Survivor Talk. We've got The Challenge. And literally one of the, all the adjectives to describe it, worst, gross, bizarre New York Post headlines you'll ever see. I read about yesterday. This one's a doozy. We'll get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Coming Out for Love, the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show. It premieres next Friday on comingoutforlove.com. It does cost to watch it. There's going to be an episode released every Friday for 16 weeks. This is a long show. And what you got to do is go to comingoutforlove.com, go to the upper right-hand corner where it says bundles, and you buy any of the bundle packages. Use my code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your order. So that's comingoutforlove.com. Click on bundles, purchase whatever package you want. Any package will get you all 16 episodes. The higher package you go, higher bundle you go, the more goodies you get along with it. Use the promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your order. Starting off in the Bachelor world, Bachelorette, I guess, to begin with, nothing new to report. As I had said yesterday, there was a video that either came through Reddit or an Instagram page that had Doton and Aaron seen down in Fiji. So there are at least two of your final three guys and no word yet on if Xavier or Joey is in the uh, the the third guy down there. So um, should be about a week should be about a week away from filming being over. You'll know once guys on charity season all go public on their Instagram. That means filming is over because that's when they're allowed to all go public, and then they're. Instagram accounts will be dissected uh, <laughs> like no other, and um, people can go digging through that, including including a lot of Zach's women, so they know who to hit up and set up relationships heading down into paradise. Some of them I've already been made aware of, of what's going on. So messy. It's just, I look, just... I understand that this this is what the show has become, but come on now, people. You don't have to literally plan your storylines, but they are. They're doing it. Um, pregnancies in Bachelor Nation. How about this? The double Becca pregnancy. Becca Martinez is pregnant with her third child. She announced that two days ago. She announced it on Tuesday? Yeah. And then yesterday, Becca Kufrin is pregnant. Uh, her and Thomas are expecting a child, so congratulations to those two. Not really a hell of a lot to add. Two people are pregnant. We don't know the sex of the baby yet because they just made the announcement. I guess just congratulations are in order. Becca has, I guess, had quite the Becca Kufrin. 
has had quite the, I don't know, up and down in this franchise. Gets engaged to Ari, had that horrible breakup, becomes the Bachelorette, gets engaged to Garrett, two-year relationship. We all know what happened with that. Goes down to Paradise, finds Thomas, leaves Paradise, a single woman, then gets back together with Thomas a week after filming, and they've been together ever since. And here they are. Um, Happy couple, now expecting a baby, and Becca Martinez, uh, third child uh, for her. So congrats uh, go out to them. As I told you, I don't watch Love is Blind. I told you what I did. I talk about it today, by the way. Today's podcast, number 336, is with my weekly podcast, is with Susanna Summers, Bachelor Data. And we do a lot of talk about Love is Blind because she has started she has started dedicating a little more time to her second Instagram account, which is Pop Culture Data. And she really breaks down Instagram followers and how much more popular going on a Netflix show has been in recent seasons than going on The Bachelor. But I told you, I told her, you know, I gave it a chance. I watched the first episode and then I skipped forward a few episodes because I want to see them actually meet. I've never gotten to the part where they go to Mexico and have basically their honeymoon and then move in together and all that stuff. So maybe that's why I'm not a huge fan of the show just yet. I'm just like, eh, this doesn't really do it for me, especially all the episodes when they're in the pods and they're talking to somebody that they can't even see and they're telling them, oh, my gosh, you're my soulmate and all this stuff. It it just seems overly exaggerated and people trying too hard to find that connection with somebody and too hard to get engaged and convince themselves that, yes, this is the one for me and this is I've met this person. Oh, my God, look, at we share these common interests. It's like, okay. In the regular dating world, you probably share common interests with people. You're not telling them, you know, after two or three times talking to them that you're falling in love with them and stuff. It just seems a little hokey. But then again, most dating shows are hokey. The Bachelor's hokey because we know these people are getting engaged to somebody after seven weeks and the total amount of time they actually spend with them is probably 48 to 72 hours if you add all the alone time they get with them throughout the course of seven weeks of filming. Not to mention that person that you're falling for is also dating a bunch of other people. So it's all hokey. It's all cheesy. But I, when I did watch it, I was well aware of who ended up with who. I, I went ahead and just wanted to say, like, okay, I be, since I'm not going to watch the whole season, just I want to watch it knowing who ends up with who so I can at least look at their interactions and whatnot. And, and I know that um, one of the couples that broke up was Micah and Paul. And if I'm not mistaken, they had a very contentious reunion show. Paul wasn't very well liked, I don't think. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the reunion show is not an episode that I've watched yet. But didn't Paul comment on Micah being a mother? And how he didn't see her being like, I don't know if he said like, you're not gonna be a good mother, but kind of questioned her being a mother in general. And I know that Paul didn't come across well, and Micah's made the media rounds and she's done some podcasts. And, you know, they're no longer together. And it seems like Paul doesn't really want anything to do with her. And then yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, But Micah posts a video 
like a recap video of their relationship and then writes her caption, Paul, I'll always be so thankful that you came into my life. We shared something so special together and no one will ever be able to replace that. No matter what, I'll always love you. Sometimes we have to let go of what we thought was meant to be. And although it's difficult, it's also an opportunity for growth. Thank you all for being part of our journey. Okay, haven't they been broken up for a while? And why are you writing this and posting videos from your relationship when you're kissing and hanging out and looking all happy when you're not even together and this guy called out you being a possible mother? What is she doing here? Am I missing something? It, are, have they, are they secretly trying to get back together? Because this is one of the more bizarre Instagram posts for a woman who got dumped. Like, it, it almost looks desperate for her like does she want him back and this is like the first step because I like I said I didn't watch the reunion show but I thought I've read things to where he broke up with her in Mexico when you had to make your decision but then they even tried dating post show and it just didn't work and then when they filmed the reunion he made those comments that weren't too flattering about her and here she is writing that lovey-dovey caption that is attached to a video of their relationship. <laughs> like this this is almost a this is almost like a video you would release if you were still with somebody and you were thanking them for a 6 months together, a year together, oh, 2 years together. <laughs> this is so bizarre. I, I don't understand it. They're not together. Why are you releasing a video of all your happy times with your ex? It's fine to have happy times with your ex, but if you have no plans on getting back together and seemingly the guy insulted you on the reunion show, what is she doing here? I'm so confused. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I may or may not have a, I don't want to say an apology, but I may have, I may have done a 180 survivor last night. And I brought this up, I think yesterday in the daily roundup when I was talking about Carolyn and if you've listened to my daily roundups on Thursday for the last four, five, six weeks since Survivor started, Thursday I always talk about the Wednesday shows, which has been Survivor and the challenge. That's usually when I give my thoughts. And you know what I've said. I'm just like, 
Carolyn annoys me. And I always preface it by saying, look, I'm sure she's a great mother. I'm sure her son loves her very much and probably a great wife. I just thought I found her quite annoying on TV. Didn't like her as a character. I thought her eye rolls and her facial expressions and all of her confessionals are just so like exaggerated. She's almost like seemingly playing a character. Well, the other day when I was on my Instagram search, one of you know one of um, her Instagram account popped up. So I clicked on it and I scrolled through, and I have to say, this is Carolyn. Like she's just as weird in her Instagram videos and Instagram photos. And that's when I first read, I think it was this past weekend, when I first found out, I thought it was nine years sober. She's 13 years sober. So obviously, congratulations to her for that. And I respect that she's turned her life around because it look, it sounds like it was pretty bad. Like it sounds like it wasn't maybe just alcohol, like it was hard drugs. And I'm not saying she's my favorite character on the show now. I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, I love Carolyn. But I've kind of, now that I understand it more, and now that I also see that she's using kind of her goofiness to get people to think that she's not serious about the game when she's really playing the game very well, I respect that. So I respect Carolyn. She doesn't annoy me as much anymore, kind of knowing this about her. I thought she was playing a character, and then I saw her Instagram page, and she's not. She absolutely is not. This is her. You watch her videos, you look at her pictures, and she just is goofy. This is who she is, and she owns it. So um, I'm not I'm not as down on Carolyn anymore. It's just after I watched it. Now, last night on the episode, if I'm not mistaken, that's the first time she publicly addressed her sobriety. Can't remember if she brought it up earlier in the season and I mean, they they spent a lot of time in her confessional talking about it. Like they, she, I mean, she spent a lot of time talking about it, saying, 13 years, it wasn't great, had some tough times, met my husband in AA, and, and you know, here we are. So I think that's the first time she's addressed it on the show. So now the audience is well aware of her past. Maybe she brought it up early in the season, but I don't remember. But the fact that they focused in on that last night really, I, I, I think, was a, was a selling point to their audience. Like, how could it not be? They're really trying to sell her. And as you know, Survivor Fact Checker, the Instagram account that keeps track of all the confessionals and who has the most. Um, you know, when I, when I pull it up, let me pull it up here. Survivor Fact Checker. I don't know if they have last night's episode already updated. No, they don't. I didn't expect them to. But through the first um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, through the first nine episodes, last week's was episode number nine uh, where Brandon got eliminated. She was number two in total confessionals. I know she obviously had a few more last night. I didn't count. And... um. You know, she's got the second most. Jam Jam's got the most. But, you know, seeing that going into last night's episode, Kane had the second fewest confessionals. 
Not surprising that he's gone. Now, Lauren still has the fewest unless she passed Heidi last night. So, I, you know, it, it looks like based on edit, and this doesn't necessarily mean anything, but based on edit, I really think it... I, I think you can make a case for five people. You know, Jam Jam's never going to win. I don't think he's going to win any challenges. I don't think Carolyn is either. But anything puzzle-related, Carson can certainly win coming down the stretch. Danny is probably the most physical player out there. And and Franny has won two individual immunity challenges. So I, I can see a story for all five of those. I can't see Jamie, Heidi, or Lauren winning. It just they haven't. Now, granted, maybe they're hiding them and they're going to start getting a ton of time because less people you have with less people left in the game. You've only got, you know, eight people left in the game now with less people. Now you can focus on them a little bit more than you did in the beginning of the season. But I I don't know. I, I don't see it. They're so far behind most of the other people on the show that I, I, I don't I don't see it, but. It just seems like Danny and Franny are going to win a lot of the remaining individual immunity challenges, if it's anything physical. If it's straight endurance or puzzle, yeah, you can get a Carson win in there, but I don't see Jam Jam or Carolyn winning anything. They just haven't shown to be very strong in challenges. Now, remember what I talked about yesterday? Dalton Ross talked to Jeff Probst about what about having the jury in future seasons sit in on the challenges so they can watch them. I think last night would have been a perfect example. You got the final two of Danny and Franny, and in that brutal, brutal challenge, standing on a block, one foot on top of the other, and just holding your arms up and holding a ball against a piece of wood, like not to mention the weather. That was brutal standing out there doing that. But you see Franny just determined to win. I think that could win people over. But, again, I have no idea. Franny might not even get to the end, so she's not. So it wouldn't even matter. I, I just, the more I think about it, and after I read that article, I'm like, that makes all the sense in the world. Why not let the jury watch the challenges from now on? Because these challenge winners that have done really well get to the end and then barely get any votes. People don't seem to care that you win challenges. They're giving it out more for social game and if you became friends with them. You know, it's just I think winning challenges, especially if you win four or five immunities, solo immunities, I think that means something. I think that should take I think that should count a lot more towards your resume than past juries have done. But we'll see because. Pranny might not even get to the end. Good episode, though, last night. Really liked it. And, you know, Soka, Ratu, and Tika all had three left. And Soka was the one that Kane was on, right? So now Ratu has three, Tika has three, and Soka only has two. Whereas two episodes ago, Soka had four, and the other two had three, and now Soka's down to two people. And I couldn't even tell you who they are. I only know that Tika, I believe, is Carson, Jam Jam, and Carolyn. The other ones, I don't remember who's part of what. Or maybe Ratu's or maybe Ratu's the one that I maybe I just screwed that up and Kane was on Ratu and Ratu had four 
And Soka had three and Tika had three two episodes ago, and now Ratu's down to two. I, I think that might be it. In fact, it probably is. Anyway, that's that for Survivor. <laughs> Quickly about the challenge, uh, Kellyanne and Tristan go home. I wouldn't say it was the most compelling episode. I thought the challenge, well, you might say, Steve, they had to jump from a truck to another truck. That was literally the easiest challenge they've ever done. I'm not kidding. Did you see what they had to do? Two trucks that are right by each other. They have a harness on them. They're not going to fall, and they're not going to jump off and kill themselves. All they had to do was jump from a the top of a moving truck onto another moving truck, pick up one thing, jump back on the truck, and hit a button. That's it. And then inside, someone was in like a dune buggy, and once they got a green light, once their partner hit the button, they just take off out of a truck, and whoever gets there fastest was quickest time. I'm like, that was not nearly as cool of a challenge as TJ made it out to be. It was, compared to what they've done in the past, where... They were strapped on to a moving truck and you had to like solve a puzzle as you were scaling the side of it. Way different than jumping one time to go get a key and jump right back on and that's it. And the trucks are right next to each other. The platforms are huge. It's not like there was barely any room to jump on. I just, they hyped that, that that was going to be some major challenge. I thought that was literally one of the easiest challenges they've ever done. That's just me. And finally, I want to end with this. Hide the wife and children. If there's any children listening in the car, maybe give them a little earmuffs on this because this was absolutely a headline in the New York Post that I saw online yesterday. The headline reads this. We're conjoined twins and share a vagina, but only one of us has a boyfriend. That literally sounds like a topic on an old Maury Povich show <laughs> or Jerry Springer. I, I cannot believe I read that. And then I kind of can't believe I read the story. <laughs> I mean, so Lapita and Carmen are 22-year-old conjoined twins. They are connected basically, um, well, to be exact. They share a pelvis, they share a reproductive system, a liver, and a bloodstream, and they each have one leg. Carmen controls the right leg. They've never had to try to have surgery because one of them might not make it, might be fatal. When it comes to dating, they have a different outlook. Carmen has a boyfriend named Daniel, while Lapita is asexual. Okay. I I know what your next question is. Carmen met her boyfriend on Hinge in October of 2020. And even though they are dating, Carmen said they are not sexually intimate with each other. I, 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 I would hope so. I would hope not. Or I would hope not that they're not sexually intimate. Look, it's already bad enough, and it's they've probably had a rough enough life to where to being a conjoined twin that's just got to be 
obviously it's it's what 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 are the odds of being conjoined in this world one in a gazillion i mean yes I, there's tele, there's television shows on tlc about it right isn't there a show about my conjoined twin or something like that whatever the case may be obviously it's very rare and maybe this has been discussed on those tlc shows i never watched them i just know that i've seen a there's been a show that's covered stuff like this have they talked about the sex part of it? Like, if Carmen and her boyfriend Daniel do decide to get sexually intimate, um, Lupita just has to be there? What What are we doing? That's That can't be... I, I don't know. what I, I'm so baffled by this. I don't even know what to think. I didn't want to, I, you know, that's what a lot, I mean, the, the whole story to grab you was to show you, it was that headline. Hey, one of them's got a boyfriend. So to get you to read, because that's what everybody wanted to know. Wait, are they having sex? And if they're having sex, what does the other sister do? She has to just watch it, be there. I, I does she feel any part of this? Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, like I said, the beginning of this podcast, weirdest, grossest, bizarre headline, and there it was, New York Post yesterday. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Sports Daily is going to be up in an hour, and then in two hours from now, podcast number 336 with Susanna Summers, who is Bachelor Data on Instagram. Also, Pop Culture Data, where she's starting to do other shows, the one show she's really been attacking has been Love is Blind. Attacking meaning doing a lot of work on it, not going after them for whatever. Um, breaking down, same thing she does for Bachelor. Breaking down screen time, breaking down couple success rate, breaking down Instagram followers, when they picked up followers, comparing it to Bachelor stuff. Really great conversation uh, with Susanna. Always love having her on. So that'll be up in a couple hours. Check that out. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.